Hello, it's Cello. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, it is Wednesday, August 4th. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is episode four. And honestly, I decided to do another episode where I don't really plan out exactly what I'm going to talk about. I really feel like it's so much better and also so much more raw when I stay as current as possible. If something happened this week that I wanted to talk about, I'm just going to roll with it. I feel like each week I learn something about myself, somebody else, or just remember something that I can talk to you guys about and I can kind of venture off into like this unknown path. When I try to plan out a topic, I feel super pressured to stick with that topic and honestly it makes me feel boxed in. So that pressure leads to writer's block and I'm stuck leaving you guys without an episode. This way I can stay relevant, stay consistent, and I just feel a little bit less restricted. In the last episode, I talked about treating yourself with love and care. And I feel like I only just barely skimmed the top of my fitness and mental health journey. So I didn't really go as in-depth into it as I wanted to. I guess today I just want to talk about weight loss. Not so much about literal weight, although it is connected, but more emotional and mental weight as well. There's a reason the saying is, I have a lot weighing on my mind because your thoughts and your mentality does weigh you down and that correlates to physical weight as well. I'm mainly talking about how much your mentality is linked with weight loss. People say that in order to lose weight, you have to exercise more and eat less as if that is the only aspect to it. But to be honest, it's there's so many more variables to it. And I'm speaking about this because I have experienced this myself. Not only is physical health correlated to weight loss, but mental health as well. So bear with me as I explore this. Earlier this week, I posted on Instagram a transformation picture. On one side, it had a picture of me taken in December of 2019. And then a picture taken seven months later, which is now. And the reason why I posted that picture is because that morning... I had stepped on the scale feeling really discouraged that I wasn't seeing the results on the scale that I really wanted. When I feel that way, I always have to go back to that family holiday picture in 2019. I have to remind myself about how far along I am because pictures do say more than the scale does. And it's that's a comment that a friend made on the picture. And it's so true. Losing weight involves more than just the number on the scale. I cannot tell you how many times I have started this journey only to fail. And as I said last week, that was due to my mentality and the quote-unquote all-in part of myself, but also due to avoiding the negative self-talk when I did struggle to keep up my healthy lifestyle. There have been two times that I've lost a significant amount of weight, but they both involve completely different mentalities. So I'm going to explore that first one. That first experience, the first time that I decided to get serious about losing weight, that was in January of 2019. I was planning a trip to Miami, Florida, and I had planned this trip with my best friend at the time, and we both wanted to look good in a bathing suit there. So right after we booked the trip, we kind of made a pact that we were going to try to look as skinny as possible. But 
I felt incredibly pressured because my friend I was going with, she was skinny and gorgeous. And every time I stood next to her, I felt so self-conscious about my body. So I told myself that I wasn't going to be the fat friend in Miami. Once I told myself that, I started to try to lose the weight. And the way I did it, I dieted and honestly didn't eat very much. I eliminated all added sugar out of my diet. And I was crazy obsessive about it. So for those of you who don't know, no added sugar challenge is basically what it means. It means that you eat foods that have absolutely no added sugar. And it's not an unknown fact that a lot of American foods that are super processed tend to have added sugar. I mean, from like Cheez-Its to yogurts. I mean, Yoplait yogurts, you think that yogurt is good for you, but Yoplait yogurts have a lot of sugar in them. And it's that added sugar that we don't need that is actually that is actually adding to the obesity rates here in the United States. Sugar and fatty foods. So when I was doing this challenge, which you can't have any added sugar, it was originally 30 days, but it actually ended up lasting about two to three months. So the way I went about it was even if the food had one gram of added sugar, I would not touch it. I didn't exercise or focus on getting the key nutrients in my body. The only thing I really focused on was not eating added sugars. I mean, I did eat a lot of veggies, fruit, and quinoa. I love quinoa. And I only ate about twice a day. I had two really big meals twice a day. And because of this really strict diet, of course, I lost the weight. I do want to add, because of doing that challenge, it kind of plays into my diet now. I don't put sugar in my coffee anymore. I only eat plain non-fat Greek yogurt with blueberries or raspberries, and I don't even add honey. I still watch my sugar intake, but I'm not as obsessive over it like I was in 2019 when I was doing this challenge. So when I did this challenge, every time the scale had a lower number, I felt great about myself because I was another two pounds closer to not being the fat friend, the friend that no guy wanted to talk to, the fat friend who was stuck as the third wheel while a guy talked to my friend at the bar, the fat friend who just wasn't good enough. Those three months, I truly believed that losing weight was the source of my happiness. The scale was my validation. That looking quote unquote skinny was the answer to all my problems, why I wasn't happy, why I was depressed. As I left for Miami, I was like, yeah, damn, I feel pretty good. I look pretty. I can't wait to go to Miami, party it up, meet a couple guys, and tan on the beach. But that was not the case at all. If anything, that trip only proved to myself that despite losing the weight, I was not happy in my own skin. I did the work. I lost the pounds, but I still did not feel pretty enough, skinny enough, or good enough, especially around my gorgeous friend. To come to that realization was honestly really heartbreaking for myself because I ended up taking out that frustration out on her the last night we were in Miami. The frustration of just hating my body so much that I couldn't even enjoy the night out. In the Leader to Happiness podcast, Peyton says that comparison is the thief of joy, and this couldn't ring any more true. My comparing myself to my friend eliminated eliminated all the joy that night when I lashed out at her. Not only that, but I also ruined her night as well because of my personal demons. So kind of playing on that comparison, as Peyton says, is the thief of joy, 
I want to add this. Whenever we think we aren't good enough, we are saying that others are better and therefore superior than us. So let's think about a metaphor here about, let's call it the table of life. And actually, that is something that my therapist taught me. When it comes to the table of life, we all deserve a seat. Think of the person who you think is better than you and put them at that table. Now think about yourself. Do they only get a seat at that table? Of course not. They don't. You deserve a seat at the table just as much as they do. We all deserve a seat at that same table no matter who is there or who is next to us. I also want to add that you can't wait your whole life for an invitation to this table. If we're going off this metaphor, that invitation is kind of like other people validating you or the scale validating you. You can't live your life on others' validation. If there aren't any chairs at the table and there's no one metaphorically inviting you, bring your own chair. We all deserve a seat at this table. And just because one person that you deem is superior than you doesn't mean that you can't sit right up next to them. And it would take a long time for me to come to that realization. And honestly, I still struggle with it now. But it's gotten better and I do tell myself in my head that I deserve a seat anytime I think bad thoughts about myself. So continuing after that Miami trip, I stopped the diet because in my head I figured, okay, I lost the weight for this trip. That's it. I don't need to worry about it anymore. The trip was kind of okay. And because of that, I continued to gain weight again. As I gained more weight, the more uncomfortable I was with my body. Those personal demons of not feeling pretty enough or good enough, they came back when I was in Madrid with my best friends from college. And... I was going out with my friends one night and I couldn't decide on an outfit and I got super depressed and frustrated. Nothing that I put on felt good. Nothing that I put on made me feel like I deserved a seat at that table. Because of these personal demons, I managed to bring the mood of all my friends down. Pretty soon, my friends were feeling the same way I was. It would take a group shot of rum and a solid 20 minutes of just boosting each other up. I mean, we did like a mock catwalk with the Cheetah Girls theme song in the background, and we were feeling like the hottest people in Madrid. So that kind of goes on to the next aspect of this, is that you need to surround yourself with people who lift you up. You know, the people that you think have a seat at that table already. Surround yourself with people who will invite you to that table, who will bring you in with open arms without any questions, who provide you with the support to make you feel good about yourself. And then you can be the support for them that they need when they feel at their lowest. Because when it comes to having a seat at the table, you have the power to tell others that they too deserve a seat. By lifting them up, you are giving them a chair and inviting them to sit next to you. So yeah, I'm still going on that metaphor of the seat at the table. I think it kind of works. So between March and December, I think I gained around 30 pounds, which is kind of, I think, a lot. Um, But in October, I started therapy and seeing a therapist and started to truly heal from my past of being sexually abused. I was working on my depression and also my anxiety. I was finally working on my mental health and actually starting to move forward. I was at my heaviest I had ever been in my life in December of 2019. If you listened to my last episode, 
It was my mom who kickstarted my journey by inviting me to work out. What also changed was that I also had a doctor's appointment in January. My doctor discussed with me the option of bariatric surgery. And that surgery is where I think they kind of put like a rubber band around your stomach to make it smaller. And it's, I believe it's laparoscopic and it takes a lot of hard work. Like not only do you have to lose weight before the surgery, but after the surgery, you really have to commit to a new lifestyle of the way you eat and drink. After my doctor suggested this, I was a little shocked and it really brought me down. Even at my heaviest, I was able to work out, but she didn't give me the opportunity to tell her that. She also diagnosed me with morbid obesity that same day. And I told myself, there is no way I am morbidly obese. I didn't agree with her because I have a therapist. It also means that I have another level of support to help me realize that even though my doctor was saying these negative things, that I still deserved the seat at the table. My therapist said, don't listen to that doctor. You are working out. You are taking control of your health. You don't need the surgery and you aren't morbidly obese. Get a new doctor. I do want to add that my therapist is a registered nurse and she's been an RN for like over half her life and she also holds a bunch of licenses. So she knows what she's talking about when it comes to health and stuff like that. So don't think like she's blatantly saying, don't listen to your doctor. It's not, it's because she knows what she's talking about. My doctor was the one who was almost like taking away my seat from that table, right? If we're still going with that metaphor, taking the seat away. And it was my therapist who kind of like took the seat away from my doctor and gave it back to me. So because of my doctor and my therapist, I realized that I was no longer working out and being healthy to look skinny, to feel good enough or to look good in a bikini. I was finally doing all this work for my health. I started in December slash January. It was like December 26th or something. And as the weeks rolled by, I was noticing that I was focusing better on my schoolwork. Those personal demons of not being good enough were not as loud. And the toxic self-talk was starting to go away. I also noticed that my cravings for fatty and sugary foods were less frequent. I was also feeling stronger and fitter. Now, all these things are comparing myself, but they're comparing myself to my past self, the cello in December, not to other people. I wasn't saying I'm not as fit as this person. I'm not as skinny as this person. I was saying in my head that I am healthier than the cello in December. I'm fitter than her, stronger and more focused. That has made all the difference. Realizing that I was working out and eating better to be a healthier version of me. I stopped trying to do this for the sole reason that I didn't want to be the fat friend next to my skinny friends. Seven months in, and of course, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on myself, but it's all about me now in the most selfish way possible. And I'm okay with that. And I'm proud of that. I put me first now. But honestly, it takes a lot of ups and downs and also a therapist to help me realize all this. Because I have one day a week where I can talk to someone whose sole purpose is to provide another level of support that I don't get from my friends and family, it really does help. It took almost a year for me to rewire my brain that being skinny does not mean happiness, that being fat does not make me less any inferior than those who are skinny. I truly believe that if you are trying to lose weight just so you can be skinny and happy, it won't really last because 
being skinny and happy isn't a maintainable goal. Skinny is a socially constructed word that means something different to everyone. Therefore, the meaning, the meaning of skinny can change. Same thing goes for happiness. You know, humans aren't always happy and happiness doesn't always come from one thing. We stumble, we fall, we pick ourselves back up with the support of others and that is how we thrive. I also needed to rewire my brain that it's okay to fall as long as I get back up. Failing is normal. Being healthy is a lifelong journey. Eating fast food does not make me a failure. Eating the cupcake or the chocolate does not mean I'm giving up on being healthy. It just means that I like fast food, cupcakes, and chocolate. I mean, who doesn't? And when I do eat those things, they are in moderation. I used to tell myself that I have to start something on a Monday. My workouts, starting them on a Monday. My diet, I'm starting that on Monday. And then when Monday passes, I think, well, Monday passed. I guess I got to start next Monday. So whatever day it is, whatever I do, I just do it. If I want to not work out and recover on Thursday instead of Sunday, so be it. If I splurge and get the chicken nuggets and fries for lunch for dinner, I shoot for a salad. Giving myself room to still enjoy the unhealthy things while also enjoying the healthy things is how I've made it seven months. And that's honestly worked best for me. Of course, everyone is different, but that is what I did. I worked on my mental and emotional weight, which led to losing some physical pounds as well. If you're listening and you're thinking, I don't need to lose weight, I'm comfortable in my own body, it doesn't mean that you can't take away something from this episode. And that is the metaphor of deserving a seat at that table. I know some of the most confident people who have their own insecurities. That doesn't necessarily have to do with physical weight, but we all have our own mental weight, so to speak, to work on. We all have aspects about our bodies or mentalities that we don't want, but the moral is that doesn't make us inferior or any less deserving of life. Having insecurities makes us human and everyone has them, even the people that you think are superior to you. For those of you who are listening and think you want to lose weight, I want you to know that weight loss is not easy because there are so many variables that add to living a healthier you. You can eat the salads and do the workouts, but at the end of the day, if you don't work on your mentality, your health journey won't last long. It's really difficult to hate your body at first and then try to work out to make yourself to make yourself love the skin that you're in. You have to start with accepting who you are, flaws and all, and then go from there. You have to start with already believing that you deserve a seat at that table. As I mentioned in the last episode, small changes will lead to bigger ones. So telling yourself that you deserve a seat at the table anytime you think you aren't good enough can be that small change towards a healthier you. Once you tell yourself that, you will find that you are capable of doing the workouts and eating healthier by also giving yourself room to fall. And you can fall all you want, just as long as you don't give up. And when I say a healthier you, I don't mean like the skinnier you or the one that eats salads or is a gym rat. I mean an overall healthier you. I think that being healthy begins with having an open mind. An open mind to let yourself fail and succeed, but still accepting yourself. Just because you fall doesn't mean you lose your seat at that table. Once you can do that, that is only the beginning of a healthier journey for you. So it is the end of my episode now, and I really hope you enjoyed this. I'm excited to see what's in store for next week. Um, I'm just going to go with my gut again and, and see how it goes. And I can't wait for you guys to tune in again. So until next time.